0: Hey, it's your pal Mike Shay from SlyFlourish.com, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday DD game. In this case, I am running a homebrew Eberron game called Eberron the Second Morning. This show, like all of the shows and all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of SlyFlourish. Uh, you too can become a patron of Sly Flourish by going to patreon.com slash Sly and helping become a patron. Uh, patrons help pay for equipment. They help pay for this new camera I got right there. Uh, They help pay for all the infrastructure and bandwidth. They pay for all of the expenses that it takes to keep Sly Flourish going. Bunch of different websites, bunch of different servers, bunch of different things going on all over the place. Bandwidth, little tools that I need to kind of manage things. Uh, One thing, I'm I'm one dude doing this whole thing. I don't have a staff. I don't have any other people. uh, and, And I need a lot of tools to help me manage to keep a day job and do all the rest of this. And a lot of those tools help uh, uh, cost money. And when they do, uh, it, it's the patrons that help pay for that. Uh, as a patron of Sly Flourish, you get access to a bunch of exclusive material, including an exclusive D&D adventure called uh, Regnum Rattus, The Rats in the Cellar. I also have two new sort of, I guess you could call them products. Uh, one are called Adventure Generators, which are one-page random generators built around a specific adventure theme like Jaws or Apocalypse Now Uh, or uh, arena combat. Uh, I'm working on one now for Backdrop of a War called The Dogs of War. So um, there are these one-page generators you can use to sort of generate your own adventures when you need a Seventh Samurai, my personal favorite. Uh, I'm also doing Sly Flourish's Uncovered Secrets, which are one-page guides to help make... DD easier things that you can drop in place to just make it a little bit easier to run DD games these include things like the uh encounter building rule of thumb a very easy way to do encounter building uh how to run uh hordes uh is another one uh npc generators i got a, a few different ones those are all available to patrons uh by if, if you become a patron at patreon.com slash life so um where did we end we ended in the middle of a fight so uh In our game so far, let's take a look at last week's game. Uh, Let's go to my Notion notebook. As always, my campaign is in uh, being, I'm tracking my campaign in the tool Notion. If you go to notion.so, you too can do it. There's also a template available. Uh, I'm putting in the chat for, uh, it's down in the show notes below if you're watching on YouTube. And if you are in the, um, if you're in the uh, Twitch chat, you can read the article about how to do lazy D and D with notion notion is awesome. I'll tell you, I've now been using it like five months or four or five months and I love it. I love it so much. It's a great way to do. It's very easy for me to do game notes. Like it's, it's easier than pen and paper, right? And if it's easier than pen and paper, it's really in a good, a good move. So we're going to look at last week's adventure. Uh, that would have been the eighth. That sounds right. So they have uh, arrived. So, so the current situation uh, is that they are aboard the sentient warforged lightning rail called Karshak, uh, a psychotic sentient lightning rail who blew up the city of Eston behind them as they roared off into the Mornland. They are traveling across the Mornland in Eberron on a psychotic train who's ready to just rocket them at supersonic speed into the city of making and blow up both cities. Um the players would rather that that not happen. They negotiated with Karshak and found out that Karshak had a mate named Mycenta who killed themselves and but Mycenta's um uh Mycenta's memory crystal uh is still intact and he says if you can recover this and and join us together I won't kill us all. I don't want, I won't, you know, that's the only thing that makes me not want to die. So they negotiated and it worked out. And he said, all right, well, if, you know, in order to be able to, to uh, speed up and slow down, I have an engine that makes me speed up just fine, but slowing down actually takes a different kind of engine. And I need energy for that. And there's a dam called the Dam of Galif- Galifarian Kings that generates the energy I need in order to slow down. But it has three main waterways uh, that generate the energy. And two of them are currently not active. So you're going to have to go into the dam and, and fix the two uh, vents so that um, it generates enough energy to power me up. So they went to the dam, uh, they opened the door, and it's full of ghouls. Uh, so they fought a big about twenty-four ghouls, and they proceeded to blow them away with a whole wide range of area attacks, which worked really well. But it still took a while. They summoned a casmi. So one of the thing, one of the new tricks is that. Um, uh, shift the warforged warlock now has summon greater demon as her new favorite spell and she um now summons greater demons and it's a real trick because the demons can sometimes break free so she summoned a chasmy a cr6 chasmy who like impaled a ghast and killed it in one hit and then, they're like they, they, you know, they get rid of the ghouls, but then they have to, like, what do we do about the casmi? Because you can't just unsummon it, right? You can't just bust concentration and make it go go away. You have to deal with it. So it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous thing to summon a demon like that. Um, but she summoned the demon, and they got rid of the demon. And then they went further in, and they decided to go a direction. My other group didn't, and they went to the north. They, they, oh, they met a friendly ghoul uh, named uh, Raoul. I think I have a picture of Raoul. Yeah, there's Raoul, the friendly ghoul. And Raul told them, gave him a map of the place and told them where they needed to go and what they needed to do and told them what places to avoid. Uh, And then they said, Well, come with us, Raul. And then they kicked him into the engine and he turned into, um, it was like uh, from Fargo. Uh, He fell into the machinery and that was the end of, of, um, so he was killed. Killed. Uh, Yeah, so they did not trust Raul. They expected Raul was going to turn on him. And whether he would or wouldn't, who could say, right? It's hard to say. so then they went to the north. Uh, let's go to our locations. And let's go to the Dam of Galifarian Kings. And we will uh, open this up so we can see it. So they then went to the High Lord's Hall. So they, they they came inside the catwalks. They saw the overlook. I think they saw the barracks. They saw the armory and the watchtower. They, they kind of covered this whole first level. And they said, let's go down the stairs and into the High Lord's Hall. And in there, they faced two um dreadlock whites and a uh bone wraith a bone wraith i think it's a toma beast 2 monster very powerful toma beast 2 monster and uh they started fighting it and our our banner ran across He, he said let's we gotta stop that spellcaster on the other side so he leapt across to the, high, the other area and, and was talking to the Bone Lord, and the Bone Lord pulled him close and says, "I'm not a spellcaster," and just started wailing on him. So now they're, they, they've got uh, they're, in, they're in a bad they're in a bad way. They've got they've got issues going on. Uh, in fact, I think if we go to the game notes from last week, I can see how far I can we can take a look at what the battle looked like. So let's go to and I should I should uh, copy and paste it over um sunday ever if we scroll all the way down so this is where i keep my notes right and here we go throne of the high lord so we have high lord merwin not named after sean merwin um other everybody thought it was uh and banner and then we have a pair of deathlock whites on the other side a deep crack uh and then the other remaining characters i think somebody wasn't there last week who wasn't there I don't know. Oh, um, yeah, uh, Jay is not there. Uh, Sh- Shane Huska is not there. And I don't think he'll be here this week either. I think he's out of town. He's doing a lot of traveling. Uh, So let's go and make a new note. So they are in the middle of the fight with the High Lord Mirowin, who is a uh, Bone Lord guy. We should go. I'll pull up the Bone Lord so we can take a look at it. And we're going to generate a new session planning template. And this is 15, November, 2020. I'll go straight down in here. I don't need my other group. So we'll grab that and delete it. And then I'll go down here and add the throne. So I've got the battles. This is my, so let's talk about the, I always, I like to talk about this. This is my text-based battle map. Uh, It is written in Markdown, which means if I copy it and paste it into Discord, it actually renders it with italics and strongs and makes it look good. So what does this represent? We're just looking at this text here. And what this does is it shows two locations, the throne of the High Lord, which is on the opposite side of the room. And High Lord Meroen is there with Banner. There's a couple of Deathlock Whites, but they're separated out by probably 10 or 15 feet, which is represented by the line break, the, the extra line break in there, right? Banner is not next to the Deathlock White, nor is one Deathlock Death White next to another. Then there's about a 25, 30-foot distance. And then there's a deep crack in the center. And on the other side of the deep crack are Saber, Chi, Shift, and Zarentir, also with some space. So blank space represents a 10 or 15 foot distance roughly it means they're not adjacent to each other so you have chi and shifter together sabers off by himself zarantir's off by himself the deathlock whites are off by themselves and there's about a 30 it's actually a little bit more it's probably a good 50 foot distance because no, it's about 30 feet 15 feet across and then you know some distance between it and then in the other area is like another zone and you have the Deathlock Whites are separated, and then you have High Lord Meroen, and he's adjacent to Banner, right? So that kind of gives you a, a s- pseudo-visual, it's a two-dimensional battle map, right? Instead of a, or it's a one-dimensional battle. It's a one-dimensional battle map, right? It does not show left and right. It shows straight. So think of it like a Final Fantasy-style battle where you have all the bad guys on one side, or fi- Final Fantasy or Dragon Age, I think does it the same way. Dragon Age is like front to back, right? So think of it as like a, you know, we don't worry too much about distance and movement. We worry about, about who's in the front and who's in the back. We were a little bit of like, how far do I have to go? Do I have to take a move? In this case, we have this like deep crack, which is 15 feet across, but anybody with a strength of 15 can leap across as long as they have some distance. Right. So, uh, it means that it's like a couple of, 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 um, move actions. What did I say? What what were the magic? What's the magic word? Is there magic words? I want to know magic words. Um, so, like Saber being a monk, has no trouble probably running across the. In fact, he run across the ceiling and get over to the other side. Uh, but like Chi or Shift, they might have trouble getting over there, right? And and Chi's little rocket thing would probably or, uh, little little uh, flamingo gun will have trouble getting over there. So that's how the one dimensional battle map works, um, and it uh, it's a really. I've, I've been using it now for months and, and I find it to be a really good, fast way of doing combat, uh, without getting too tactical. I'm sure my more tactical players would prefer a more tactical approach than, than I do in this, but it, but it works pretty well. So anyway, so that's all set. Um... Strong start. We were talking about strong starts uh, before I started recording the show and uh, with good questions about like, what are some good strong starts for cities? And what exactly does a strong start look like? And I think the question really came down to like, how do you set yourself up for a strong start between sessions? And the answer came back with um, the answer that we kind of, I think got to was it takes a little bit more work than I really thought about to set up a strong start for the next session. That if you end at the end of a fight and you sort of end at a big chapter break, it's hard to have that strong start next. But I would, you know, and I'd still argue, like you can go with the sort of environmental strong starts, right? Like weird weather or an event occurs or a, a party, a, you know, uh, cities in particular. Celebrations are a great one. Like what's the current celebration that's occurring this day? Is there a big market festival? Like what events are occurring that you'd be like, the market festival day, what are you doing, right? Or a big festival is going by, you know, or weird ones. Cults are going through the streets doing cult stuff, right? And you're like, I don't know, they're not illegal, but it's weird. Um, so uh, I think that they're, you know, how to set yourself up for a strong start is probably a, a, an interesting an interesting thing to, to uh, figure out. So a uh, strong start here, though, is, uh, hi, Lord... Uh so even still even though I'm in the middle of a fight and I have a strong start what could high lord Merowin do that would further uh complicate things and I think it's going to be hard already but why not make it really hard and drop some whites and summons whites so now we're going to add um four whites uh estenberg says stronger on strong starts have been very helpful thank you everyone yeah good i'm glad strong starts are a valuable tool uh my big argument it's the only time that a dm has control over the game is during the strong start you're going to lose control right after that because players but that when you're sitting down and you're like the first words out of your mouth that's the only time you have a control of anything and that's your opportunity to set the stage for what's going on and so i'm going to be a dick and i'm going to have more monsters because i have the feeling those deathlock whites are going to get their asses kicked and um so having four whites show up down with the other people that's going to shake everything up right and they're going to be um whites that were summoned from they are um Siren sirin whites i'm not going to make these whites particularly difficult like normally one of the things i think is lacking in whites i like whites a lot i like powerful sort of uh, powerful undead knights right um but um they're kind of weak for cr3 they're kind of weak and the reason they're weak is that they have this life drain right and and life drain i have recently i have found out that life drain i think this is in the dmg uh, that life draining creatures basically count for double the amount of damage they would do normally. So, if a monster does 16 damage on its turn, if it's doing a life, that, that's the equi- if it's doing eight damage and a life drain, that's the equivalent of 16 damage. So, the fact that it has a five point necrotic life drain uh, counts as a 10 point attack. Yeah, but the problem is like it's slashing damage is six. So, a wh- and because it has damage resistance to non non magical attacks, this this all increases its challenge rating. For CR three, it's not nearly hard enough, in my opinion. And the way to make it hard, in my opinion, is to add the life drain to the longsword attack. So now, when it's attacking with its longsword, it does seven points or six points of slashing. And so it would do seven because it's a it's a it's an attack with two hands. 7 points of slashing and 5 points of necrotic and it's a DC 13 save and or its your hit point maximum is reduced. Right? Like add the add that life drain onto the longsword attack. And now it's dangerous, right? Now it's doing 7 plus 5 is what? 12. It's doing 24 points of damage around potentially. Uh, and of that 24, 10 of it, you know, drains life. That's the way to have a strong white but because I'm being a dick and I'm throwing extra whites into my game when they already have a bunch of monsters are fighting, um, it was a dirty trick, too. If, and now I hyperlinked white. See? Highlight text, Control-V when you have a link in your thing, and it will, it will link the word. This is a notion trick. It will link the word to whatever you linked it to. So it's a way to link, link monsters really easily. So... Um, Yeah. So uh, uh, there's quite a few monsters in 5e that don't, they hit below their weight class, if you ask me. And there's a few that hit higher, but most of them are lower. And uh, the white is one of them that I think hits too low for its weight class. And a a dirty trick for that is to put the life drain on top of the longsword attack. That works a lot better. So he summons whites. That's a strong start right there. Oh my god, we've got four more guys. We had seven guys now. Time to summon a greater demon. So, but I didn't review the characters. So let's review the characters real quick. We'll go back to here and we'll go to there. And we got my Sunday DD characters. So we have probably five characters today, because I think Shane Huska is still out. So we have zarantir Delander, um, Dragon Mark member of House Delander, Storm Sorcerer, Storm Cleric, Storm Marked. All about the storms. Uh, I don't think there's so uh, they so so Zarentir can probably uh, recognize. Um, so one one reason to like review the characters up front is that it's a good way to kind of build your secrets and your clues around the characters. So uh, in in this example, uh, I can put in a secret and clue that Zarantir, Uh, that the energy, uh, is controlled by elementals and those elementals are out of alignment, right? So this tells more about the dam, right? And he, he will have the opportunity to learn more about the dam. And I think that works really well. Uh, saber is a, uh, shifter, uh, monk of the four winds and bounty hunter, and um, I think, so it's probably not going to come up in this one, but I'll drop the secret that that Saber knows uh, Needle, uh, a bounty hunter of House uh, Thorani. But that's probably not going to come up because uh, Needle's not going to be introduced. Who the hell is Needle? Needle is a assassin, bounty hunter for House Therani who has uh, is currently protecting uh, Genneth de Orion, a House Orion dragonmarked person who has Mycenta, the crystal personality of the other Warforge train that uh, that Karshak wants. I know. This is what happens when you have campaigns that go on a long time. You get a lot of complicated connections, but it'll come up, but it's probably not going to come up in this. um, It's not going to come up in today's episode, in today's uh, session. It's probably going to come up in next week's session, but you never know. Things go quick. Um, But the idea that he's connected, that that she's connected to Saber, I think it'll work really well. Uh, Shift is a uh, warlock, warforged, uh, one of the first warforged ever created. She has a brother named Crash And I think the secret is Crash um, is still in Shift's mind. He copied himself over. She can't get rid of him that easily. So I screwed up. Uh, One of the, there was, you know, when you have a complicated, this is where some of the lazy DM techniques can break down. The lazy DM techniques in my opinion and in my experience and from reading and talking to lots of people who have used them, they work really well uh, to be able to help prep a game quickly. They are not great. The the principles of the lazy DM are not great for keeping track of a lot of campaign threads that go on for a long time and I'll screw up. And one of the ways that I screwed up is that uh, I, I mixed up Crash's crystal with the crystal that crash had taken, which housed um uh uh, cheese father and crash had told um shift that he was the only one who could unlock the dodecahedron and then it turned out it unlocked itself and then suddenly she's like i don't need crash anymore and she pulled crash out of her brain and flicked him away or, or or you know put him in a bag and i was like man i had this really cool npc and as soon as she found out that he was no longer needed, she ditched him. And I felt like, man, that was an NPC that could have had some legs to it. And I, because I screwed a plot up and mixed two things up, a thing happened a long time ago and, and I just got them confused. And when I got them confused, I, I made something easier than it should have been crap. And then one of the NPCs lost all this leverage that he had. And as soon as he lost the leverage, he was out of the picture and I need him to get the leverage back again. And so I don't need to. Like I could just let him go off screen, but I think there's more there. So, I, the idea that crashes in Shift's mind, I think, is, um, yeah, it was cool that she kind of pulled him out of her head. And her brother, right? This is her brother's memory crystal. She pulled him out of her head and dropped him in the bag. The problem with that is, like, she may never bring it back up again. And, you know, I think there's more there. So I think the idea, though, that she, there was a moment where she broke the firewall down between her and Crash. And I think he probably, I always think of him like AI, right? And she he, he probably copied himself over or maybe a part of him over. So the idea is, like, he's not gone, right? That the crystal actually was empty. So um, I think that that might be a neat thing. Um, It's a because it does it remove her agency and her ability to get rid of him. I don't know, but he's such a cool character. I don't think she'll mind. I don't think the player will mind. She, she kind of digs that, 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 that sort of stuff. So I, I think it'll be okay. I just got to find the moment to reveal that. Uh, So that's shift. Uh, Banner is a war forged uh, paladin of the becoming God. He met fellow members of the becoming God earlier Uh, and I don't know that there's any major issues there. He is a former, uh, so this is a secret, um, that the Lord of blades, uh, is active in making. So the city that they're heading towards the Lord of blades is active there. And that's important because banner used to be a member of the Lord of blades and then left them because they're a bunch of psychos. Um, shane house isn't going to be there uh which is a bummer he's a great great character great player um but he is on uh uh, the player is uh traveling and cannot uh cannot play uh and then we have arwen chi Sizu, whose father is inside banner now so banner has a docent um so a secret is that karshak uh needs the docent uh, currently houses, um, what's his name? Harun, Harun Sizu, who is Chi's um, father. He'll be happy to discard Harun in order to save Mycenta. I Don't know how the hell I spelled my centa. Come on, search. You can do it. There it is. Right. So there's a, a docent is an interface between the memory crystals of Warforged and their bodies. It's like a SCSI connector. It's like a like a you know, eSATA. It's an eSATA connector, and um, they have a docent, and inside the docent they've put. Hroon. And so Hroon is talking to the group. Hroon is is Chi's father and knows a lot about a lot of a bunch of things. And but the truth is that Karshak wants the docent empty. He doesn't care about Hroon, which means they're going to have to make a choice about what they do with Hroon um when it comes time to put my senta in the docent and give it to Karshak. It's going to be really interesting. So, um yeah, so that's fun. And that I think is the last character. So you can see like I picked up five secrets just by thinking about the five characters, right? And I think I've got one for every one of them. Shift, um, banner, yeah, every one of them has a secret. It's a cool trick if you can pull it off. Today, it happened to work out. You know, Can you develop one secret for each character? Now you're really integrating the characters in the story. I think it's it, that's a powerful thing. Uh, the, so the scenes are pretty straightforward. Uh, we have the fight with High Lord. fight with high lord merowin we have um uh traveling down into the um uh into the dam uh turning on the whatever they call it. we're gonna call them vents there's a name for them what are the things somebody want to look google this for me what are the name of the things where water pours through i mean the turbines right but what When you have a big hole in a dam and water comes through the hole, what is that hole called? Uh, Returning. Returning to Karshak and then heading towards Sluice Gate? I thought a sluice. Yeah, sluice is what I was calling them before, but I'm not sure if that's what they're actually called. Um, Heading towards, um, oh, the name of the other town. Oh, gods. Let's go here and go to locations because I just pulled it up. Some names just don't stick. Farragon uh, towards Farragon um, to save my Senta from Genneth being protected by Needle. lots of stuff. So so this actually covers that whole last bullet there. So the the scenes are they're going to fight the high lord, travel down into the dam, open up the vents, uh return to Karshak, right? And that's pretty much the game today. My, my hope is to move things forward so that they can do that today. Uh and then the next session is they're going to move, you know, uh Karshak uh, um, Karshak uh, roars towards the city of Farragon so the characters can save mycenta from Genneth of D. Orion, who's being protected by Needle at the Academy. At the Academy of Eberon. That's a whole adventure right there. That one bullet is a whole big adventure. The good news is I ran that whole adventure for my other group, so I'm already pretty well set there. We'll go we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that today, too. About like uh, yesterday was my uh I, I tried to spend my creative energy yesterday focused on that sounded pretentious as hell sorry um i tried to spend all of my you know, non-video game time uh on uh trying to think through all of the f- further locations for this campaign and so i can talk about that and i got good progress that way so uh secrets and clues so um what other secrets and clues do we have i've got a bunch already um so geneth this is i don't know if this is going to come up in the dam geneth the orion uh hunted for my Senta. um memory crystal After her crash. After her suicide. Um, House Thirani wants it from him. That's not a great secret. So I need secrets that are specific to the dam. Um, uh, the vault or the, the crypts of the Gallifarian Lords. has not been disturbed for hundreds of years. Um, the corruption of the water, I can't spell corruption. The corruption of the water in making, in um, the Mournland has, um, what is it called? Corrupted? The elementals that once ran the dam. Uh what else? So I got two secrets remaining. Uh what other things might they learn? So let's let's look at oh, so the locations are easy. So we're gonna do um uh dam. Galifarian Kings, and we're going to do Faragon. And we're going to do Karshak. Um, and really, these are out of order. So we're going to just move that one up. There we go. So if we look at the damn Galifarian Kings, let's take a look at the map again and pop open the map. Uh, is there anything else they need to learn here? Probably not. Like It's pretty straightforward at this point. Um, is there anything they could learn from the Siren King? So, uh, I think they've already learned it, but I can certainly drop it into, um, I can certainly drop it into a secret just in case, which is that, uh, the Karnath necromancers, uh, Twisted. Carnath uh, necromancers uh, twisted the, uh, murdered and reanimated. I know they already learned this. Murdered and reanimated the High Lord uh, to break the spirits of the local Siren popla- population. Uh. Uh, what else is there? Any other interesting secret? Something they could learn here. Um, how about a specific the Carnath Carnath Necromancer? We need a name for uh. What's a cool name for the Necromancer? Let's make some names. Random generators. We'll go NPC generator. Derwin Pezos Attila. Uh, I like that Attila. Right. Good name. Otilla Bloodborne. Uh murdered and reanimated. Uh Otilla's uh rod. She was a warlock, a death warlock. Um, Uh, her rod is still so now we've got it so i want to drop a um it's it's really time for um a rod of the pack keeper which is called attila's rod attila's yeah Rod of the Bloodborne. Rod of the Packkeeper plus one. Uh, that is going to be and and the the cool thing is that has a tie to Lady Elmaro, who is uh, shifts kind of mother, grandmother. Um, I like tying stuff together. So, uh, yeah, Lady. Lady Amaro can see shift through the. Uh, Lady Mar can see shift through the route of the Bloodborne. Or can talk to shift. There's a secret. So I want to bring Lady Omaro back into play. Lady Omaro is the head of the Emerald Enclave, or Emerald, Emerald Enclave, head of the Emerald Claw. Who the hell is the Emerald Enclave? Oh, that's the other group from, Far- from Forgotten Realms. I wonder if they're the same. Um, so, um, I think it'll be fun to bring Lady Omaro in. I don't think she's going to be a main player, but it's just kind of a neat connection that can occur, uh, so I don't think it's just like a front, really. I don't think Emerald Claw is going to get involved again, but I think it'll be interesting for Shift to talk to Lady Omaro about her creation and stuff like that. I think there could be a fun connection there. So we're gonna we're gonna go with that. So NPCs, who do we have? Um, whoops! I screwed this up completely. Why is this? Yeah, there we go. Uh, NPCs. I don't think we have many NPCs in the dam itself. So we have uh Haroon. We have Karshak. Uh we have Lady Omaro. Uh we have Crash. Um, she's the sequel hook. Yeah, maybe. Any other NPCs? Uh, We have Deloitte's. Deloitte's crashes, or as Karshak's conductor. Um, I think that's probably good. We have uh, Genneth. We have Needle. Those are all NPCs that I I don't think I'm going to be using all those today. Uh, monsters we have whites we have deathlock whites uh, and let's let's take a look at the um, let's see if I can pull it up here the uh, documents material I'm looking for my I guess this was easier when I did the tome of beasts Tome of beasts. That's Tome of Beast 1. Oh, that's why. I know why I couldn't find it before. It's because it's in my Kobold Press box or uh, folder. There we go. All right. Grab that and pop it in here. Tome of Beast 2 by Kobold Press. Uh, fantastic book of, of cool monsters you can add to your game. And uh, ours was the bone... Uh, Bone Shard Wraith, here it is. Um, So, let's see, Windows Shift S, I'm gonna grab a snapshot of this, um, so that I can paste it into a page in my, uh, so I can do, uh, whoops, One cool thing is if you don't have a page, you can create a new page. So I'm gonna create a new page. We're gonna add it to the Eperon on the sep- second morning. And then I can go right in here and I think I can hit paste and I have my Bone Shard Wraith stat block uh, ready to go. And uh, uh, what I can then do is take the Bone Shard Wraith and drop it into the campaign database. And now it's a database entry. So now if I go down here and I click on Bone Shard Wraith uh, I don't know why it has this icon. I can add a better cover. Let's let's uh, grab it. A... I'm not sure why I'm making an icon. In fact, I don't want to make an icon. Icons are dumb. Uh, I lost track where I was. So we'll just remove. There we go. But now I can tag him as a villain because it's a database entry. And I think that that was the full... Yeah, it's just missing the. Let's try Windows Shift S again. Because I, I lost the title. Why did that? Ah, oh, that didn't work. Windows Shift S. Grab that. Here we go. Sorry, this is super boring. But I'm just grabbing a screenshot so that I can paste it into my uh, delete and then, there we go. So now I got a stat block. I don't recommend doing this for like every stat block. I'm sure some people out there are like, hey, cool, I can grab snapshots of everything. Don't bother, just link to D&D Beyond and, or link to your, I, I link to d d Beyond. Um, and it just saves so much time. It's worth like the, whatever it is, the $26 for the monster manual. is totally worth it in d d Beyond just to be able to like link to things and not have to, um, copy and paste stuff everywhere. So I have a B- Bone Shard Wraith. It's linked in my database. Look, it's got a backlink. So I go doop and go right to the backlink. Um, any other monsters? I have uh, Clay Golems. And I have another Tome of Beast monster. Uh, called, I think they're called the Corrupted... Um, Corrupted Elementals? Corrupted. Corrupted. Uh, damn it, what is it? Thing it's a uh, weird. Um, oh boy. Uh, I, let me. You know what I'm gonna do? I I ran it for my other session, so let me look back when I go to old adventures, and I think it was a few weeks ago. So we're gonna go to like 28 October Wednesday game. Hey, look! Then the Gulf Iron Kings and the monster was the. Befouled weird. Um, Befouled was, so that's another Toma Beast monster we're gonna drive. Um, Befouled weird. Where is it? There it is, Befouled weird. So here's another cool monster. And let's see, close that, and wait for the little window thing to go away, and then window shift S, and we'll grab a snapshot. Just an easier way than me having to go through the book again. Go back into our thing and create a new page. I don't know how to spell befouled. Uh, Boy, that didn't work. New page. I guess I made a sub page. Whoops. Whatever. Oh, I couldn't have, I screwed this all up. Oh my god, what am I doing? I screwed everything up. Like <laughs> I got a kimono cover. That is not useful. Uh but I, I also lost my screenshot because I pasted something else. Windows Shift S. Windows Shift S, by the way, is a great way of snapshotting stuff, especially maps that you can drop right into Discord. Now I've got a be followed weird, stat block. So, granted, it's a sub page, but whatever. Uh, so I could close that one. That was the old one. Uh, so now I have a sub page in here with a be weird. I think that's it for monsters. I think I'm good. I'm good on monsters. Uh, I already have the white up, so I'll I'll do the white. I'll I'll link the white, and you can go. And I could do deathlock white. Uh I gotta say I'm I'm not impressed with Deathlock Whites as a monster. They're not they're not the coolest, most effective monster. What happened there? Um There we go. Everything linked, and Clay Gollum was another one. They're just not particularly like Grave Bolt, life their life drain. Um you know, life drain's not bad, but it's like a it's a melee attack plus four. Again, it's silent challenge rating three with a plus four attack bonus is not great. You know. Instead you could put like life drain on the grave bolts. But the grave bolts, I don't know. I'd maximize these grave bolts out on damage. They do have Misty Step. They've got, you know, Mage Armor's fifteen. Uh I think I gave them Shield, because 'cause I'm a schmuck. Um But they're just, yeah, they, they're another monster that, that seemed to hit below their weight class and didn't have, like, the tools that I really wanted. Like, Gravebolt should be Eldritch Blast level because they're Warlocks, right? um And seven damage just ain't pulling it, right? Like, that should be a, you know, a D10 would be at least eight damage. And that's 16 damage they could do a turn, you know, which would be a little bit better. And their spells are just a little weak for for you know like if you were a warlock you wouldn't take these spells. Hold person like replace that with something I don't know what lightning bolt. What is is hold person a second level? That's a third level spell right? No, that's second level. So I I'd, I'd find I'd find other spells for them to cast. Um, what level spellcaster are they? Why are they spellcasting? It doesn't say what level spellcaster they are, but you can kind of judge from what spells they've got, and it looks like. They are third level. They just don't feel particularly strong to me. Um, um, yeah, so anyway, I got my monster set up. Uh, any other treasure that I wanna give? Uh, we could do a couple of relics. I'll go to my generators and we're gonna do Eberron relics. Uh, old brooch of the traveler that casts plant growth, grimy disc of the orum. Oh, I like that. Cast teleportation circle, that's a cool one. Drop that in there, and uh, shiny ring of house of the that casts spirit guardians, warm string of beads for silver flame Cast expeditious retreat, that's kind of cool. Um. And uh, we'll do, we'll go to our good friend, Donjon. And we'll do treasure, Donjon, random treasure. And we have CR, they are CR9. Not that it matters, because I think it's all the same. Um, Cloak of the Manta Ray is totally not useful in this place. Uh, I'm just looking for interesting magic, interesting potions or interesting magic items that they might get poor potions of healing uh they, they really like potions of healing i tell you boots of levitation that's pretty good let's go with that so we got some treasure boots of levitation to be a fun that's a fun one um so we are all set I, i've got my treasure you know i'm not I, the, the only big piece of treasure i really want to give out is this rod of the pack keeper because i've been wanting to give her a rod of the pack keeper for a long time uh got my monsters set up including some sub pages lots of npcs most of which are not going to come into play i have got my cool locations which are already done um so one thing about locations and and you know this is a trick i wrote about this on sly flourish this week and i highly recommend the, this trick because it's really yeah, this kind of gets into my, my other little topic today, which is uh, prepping for the rest of the campaign. And one of the things that I've been doing, which works really well, is grabbing a map from Dyson Logos and writing the names of places right on the map using either, I use Preview on a Mac, but you could use any kind of image editor, as long as it's easy to use. Uh, find, a, find an image editor where you can drop a white box with black text somewhere on it so that you can see it over the top of the um, map. And just think about what locations are and what's cool there. And, like, you know, if you just take a map and drop some stuff on it, um, drop some names on it, that kind of gives you almost everything you need to sort of run that. Like, if you got that and monsters like that, when I think about like developing a fantastic location, if it's a dungeon delve, this is how I would do it, right? This, this to me is like just write 10 places down that, uh, you know, evocative names, although some of these aren't very evocative, you know, armory, barracks but you can kind of figure it out and it's enough to describe it and it's right on the map. So it's really easy to use. So, um, yesterday I, I started to get a little nervous and I got nervous because my other group is about two weeks ahead of of this group and they are just about to pull up to making the glass plateau and making. And I was like, man, I've been hinting about this place for like six months and I don't have any idea what's there. I don't have any, I don't have any clue what's going on and what is that going to be like? And so I sat down and said, all right, I want to know what making is. I want to know what the Glass Plateau is, and I want to know what Claw Rift is. These are the three major locations for the rest of the campaign. Glass Plateau, which surrounds making, making the city where the weapon of the morning was made, and Claw Rift, the specific location where it was made, and what are these places. And I was trying to noodle through, like, what are they? So I came up with sort of three. I broke those locations down. I started off with the locations. There's, two, there's sort of two major things I want to do to get the, my hands around the rest of the campaign. Uh, thing number one is, what are these locations and what's going on there? Uh, two is, who are the main players now? Like, who are the fronts now? And what are they doing, right? And I figured, like, if I've got those things, the rest of it will come into line as I'm doing my prep for each episode. So I started with the glass plateau because that's where they're going to first. Uh, let's open this in a new page. So the glass plateau is the, um, the area surrounding making. I've got this nice, cool, look at this nice, cool piece of artwork about what the glass plateau looks like. That's making out there, you know, that's the, the pillar going up and there's like weird creatures. And and I like looked at this, I, this is from a magic card. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Armageddon, maybe, I don't know what this magic card is. And I love this, like all these people out here, like they, they, they almost look like husks, you know, and these like weird spires. I'm like. This whole picture has like lots of cool things in it that that we can bring into gla- the glass plateau when we run it. So, I grabbed some text from um the section in uh Rising of the Last War. And I have this locations, but uh I actually have it below. So, uh, I grabbed these environmental effects from um uh Eberron right uh, the the Eberron Rising of the Last War as well. Um uh, and I thought like it might be as they're going to interesting locations, dropping one of these environmental effects on the location may be pretty cool. Uh, but the locations were um, the transferred gateway. you know, car, or car, I think Karshak's last station is actually the first one. Um, yeah, there's a like a gateway from another part of the world, like an ancient, ancient gateway. These are like potential locations they could find out, right? Fallen constructs uh obsidian spires a graveyard of glass soldiers this is one i really want to have i want to have them walking through an area where they can see like a whole bunch of soldiers that are all looking towards making almost like um um, pompeii they can look only they're all made out of glass right like they clearly were soldiers and they were all looking towards making they all turn they like in fighting each other and there's a thousand of them and they're all like semi-transparent glass i thought that was just wild a deep magic, wild magic rift, ancient op- black obelisk, acidic pools, um, uh, uh, a buried slaughter field of Carnath, like an area where um, uh, you know there might be like an army of skeletons ready to attack that never got the order. I've, I've used that one before, but I kind of dig it. And then I threw a couple other ideas in here, and these are sort of like a D twelve list of locations and then i have a bunch of encounters who could they find uh you know and i'm i'm taking a lot of creatures from um the blood uh uh, book of flesh and steel which is uh the monty cook numenera based monster book for fifth edition and it had a lot of cool monsters here's another magic card and i was like oh look at that thing like that thing's really cool looking you know i want to have a creature like that wandering through the glass plateau. And then I had some other sort of evocative artwork that I picked up um, that I thought I could drop in that sort of show, you know, show what the glass plateau looks like. So the glass plateau is not really like, they're not going to spend a lot of time there. It's mostly a travel location. They're, they're sort of walking from car Shack's station through the glass plateau. They'll hit like two or three locations along the way, and then they will be at the gates of making, Right. So I think there might be one session where they go through the glass plateau. They have a couple of encounters. They see a few things and then they're at the gates. That's kind of my intent. So then I have making and with making, it's much more like, so I'm stealing the imagery from Metro because they they don't have any imagery of making, but they do have Metro and Metro's imagery is awesome. I love this picture. And, uh, I wanted to really make this like these, these towers that are there, you know, and the difference would be like, you know, out of the center of this is a huge rift, but the idea of a giant dead Warforged uh, Colossus sitting there and all these ruined buildings and stuff like that. I thought that was a really cool idea. And so I'm just taking that art and shifting it right over to making, uh, so we have a bunch of locations and I think here I, yeah, so here's what I did. I did the same thing I did for Elter, for Elter, for, um, Eston and I took the map and I just said, Let me just drop some places on. So they're coming through here. Field of the Dead is here. The Gates of the Dead Titans. These are going to be a couple of Warforged Titans that are just, you know, sitting there. Uh, there's a living weird spell that's kind of floating over the city doing weird stuff. The Blade Citadel is a citadel that the Lord of Blades has taken over. And like they're starting to work their way into the city. These are like the fronts. A crashed uh, DeLandair airship is here. Uh, the, a fallen Warforged Colossus. Um, a Droam obelisk. So the Droam are here, and they basically teleported a massive obelisk, atop of which is like their keep, and it floats above the city, and they sort of send their troops, their shock troops down uh, into the city to try to make their way into Claw Rift, and and where um, uh, Leto Skal, the villain of the campaign, is trying to create the next weapon, right? But their headquarters is the Droam obelisk. Uh, there's also a bunch of Silver Flame people that are here, and maybe they're like the last. They're trying to stop what's going on here. I thought that might be kind of cool. And then a ruined, another ruined Kenneth Tower, because Kenneth obviously had a big place in here. So I just said, let me drop ten locations onto this map, dr- just write them right on the map, and that gives me enough to kind of think like, okay, I've got some, and I can, you know, the players can talk about. I can, I can now kind of show them a map and say like, here are different things that you guys have seen. So that was for making. And I, I put up a few encounters. I probably could fill this out more about other things they might find. But, you know, Hooded Wanderers, Crusaders of Silver Flame, Living Spells, A Raging War Machine, War Trolls of Droam, and Lord of Blades Murder Squads, right? And those are probably like the kinds of encounters they would run into. I could do more, but I think that's probably enough. And then I have a blank version of the map just so I have one handy. Uh, locations and making. Uh, again, I think these are basically the same ones, right? I, I, or if they're not, I, it's just like, yeah, because I screwed up. Um, But that gives me enough for making. And then the last part is claw rift, right? Um, I should put a thing at houses. Houses claw rift. So I got links Uh, and claw rift is the final location. And so I imagine claw rift is a huge hole in the center of making that goes down like thousands of feet below. And that there's actually an ancient city sitting beneath there where a gateway exists. And the gateway is what sort of draws energy up from either other worlds or probably from other worlds. And it was that energy that they drew into the massive Eberron shard and then casting some spells let them create the weapon. Right. That's sort of I imagine that this is what's going on. So I have like a cool piece of art. And then I I kind of figured it out as three levels. It's sort of like my own mega dungeon that I'm creating here, right? And then the mega dungeon is you have your top level, which is sort of the 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 construct that surrounds the well, and it's like Chernobyl. You can't if you go into this chamber, you're going to get disintegrated, right? The energy that's pouring through this thing is so bad you can't just climb down the hole and get down there. But there are elevators here. There are old lifts that still work. And, uh, so you can make your way through these chambers and get to, um, uh, and get to the lift, which is probably on the far side. The lift takes you down if, you know, hundreds of feet to this, like other broken down section lift stops here. Then you have to sort of make your way through here. There's all kinds of insanity here. You actually cross over part of the rift here, super dangerous, make your way to the other lift on the other side. And that takes you the rest of the way down to this huge labyrinthine city uh and it's down here uh probably right here is where the business the business is taking place so the characters have to sort of make their way i don't you know not filling all this crap out but i love this map great big dyson map look at this size know, so much detail could go on forever with this map and this is the city that they go into the ancient city i don't know what the hell who made it i think it's probably a um the city is now certainly overtaken by uh, Zoriat, and maybe it's a Zoriat city that made its way here, or or Zoriat cultists from hundreds of thousands of years ago made it, or something like that. I don't know. I'll, I'll keep thinking that through. But they make their way through the city, they get to it, and then probably the final conclusion is going to happen in this little room right, 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 right here, and that's where Lido Scal is there with other people, and they are working on. Um, opening the gateway and the gateway has to be closed or the weapon of making gets made and terrible things happen. Uh, and then this, I thought, might be like another, you know, I'm, I'm keeping this handy as a potential final location, depending on how things go. So I'm like, I have the maps. I didn't draw out all the locations. I didn't drop names on all of these places of what they might find. I can kind of worry about that later. But I feel like I now have some good material handy for filling out the last part of the campaign, Right. I at least have like the, the components that I need and then I can add monsters and I can, situations are going to change. My own views are going to change about what I want to do. Um, but I've kind of got those locations ready to go uh, when we go. And we could talk about that more uh, as well. So it looks like um, uh, I'm all set for today's game. I'm slouching in my chair again. I probably need to move that camera next time. So, you know, I'll, I'll, work, I'll work on that next time. Um, yeah, so I think I'm all set. Uh, I'm I've, I feel confident for today's game. Today's game's gonna be an easy one. Uh, I feel less confident my Wednesday game because they're gonna go to the glass plateau. So the the tricky bit here and you guys are getting a, um, uh, you guys are getting a, um, you know, it, it, this is making it look easier than it is. And it's because I'm actually doing prep for my Wednesday game and my Wednesday game and my Sunday game are heading in the same direction. So I'm often prepping, things i've already prepped so like the, the 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 galifarian dam i already had that i was ready to go so uh yeah uh, a couple more questions here and then we'll, we'll go up what is a droam the droam is a monstrous empire in eberron they are an empire ruled by three hags known as the daughters of sorakal and they are one of the major players in my eberron game they the daughters of sorakal have allied well Leto Skull has returned. Leto Skull is the main villain in my campaign. He's an Oni that wants to make the weapon of mourning so that he has power over the world. And he now he lost enough face that he now allied himself with the Daughters of Sorakal, who said, get it for us. And if we have the weapon of mourning, we can use it to get ourselves ratified as an official nation uh, among the Treaty of Thronehold, which they, they want. So it's a political piece. Uh so uh, yeah, anyway, so I am all set. I feel confident in my game. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode. Uh, thanks to all of you for coming. Thanks to the, again to the patrons of Sly Flourish for making it happen. And uh, I will be back on next Sunday and we will see how things went. Thank you very much. Have a great week and uh, get out there and play some D&D.